Our first reading for today is from the 10th chapter of Job. I loathe my life. I will give free utterance to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say to God, do not condemn me. Let me know why you contend against me. Does it seem good to you to oppress, to despise the work of your hands and favor the designs of the wicked? Have you eyes of flesh? Do you see as man sees? Are your days as the days of man or your years as a man's years that you seek out my iniquity and search for my sin? Although you know that I'm not guilty and there is none to deliver out of your hand. Your hands fashioned and made me. Now you have destroyed me altogether. Remember that you have made me like clay, and will you return me to the dust? Did you not pour me out like milk and curdle me like cheese? You clothed me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and sinews. You have granted me life and steadfast love, and your care has preserved my spirit. Yet these things you hid in your heart. I know that this was your purpose. If I sin, you watch me and do not acquit me of my iniquity. If I am guilty, woe to me. If I am in the right, I cannot lift up my head, for I am filled with disgrace and look on my affliction. And were my head lifted up, you would hunt me like a lion and again work wonders against me. You renew your witnesses against me and increase your vexation toward me. You bring fresh troops against me. Why did you bring me out from the womb? Would that I had died before any eye had seen me and were as though I had not been carried from the womb to the grave. Are not my days few? Then cease and leave me alone that I may find a little cheer before I go and I shall not return to the land of darkness and deep shadow, the land of gloom like thick darkness, like deep shadow without any order, where light is as thick as darkness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the fifth chapter of John. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? 
Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation with the sixth petition. What is the sixth petition? And lead us not into temptation. What does this mean? God tempts no one. We pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice. Although we are attacked by these things, we pray that we may finally overcome them and win the victory. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In this sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer, it's a very important one because we in the Lutheran Church and all, all Christians and all people wrestle with this question of temptation. Where does it come from? Some people would actually say it's God, God who tempts you. And thankfully, we have this very clearly spelled out in our catechism and also in the scriptures. God does not tempt us, not at all. Uh, he tests us, but that's quite different from a temptation. But I want to focus in on this interesting part. Pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. May not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice. I don't think we, we talk about this enough as Christians, that our sinful nature not only will lead us into false belief, we, we talk about that a lot teaching, doctrine, preaching and teaching the right things. But the sinful nature can also lead us into despair and other great shame and vice, which is a big category, but despair. I think this hits all of us at some point in our lives, sometimes repeatedly throughout our lives, when we feel despair. And it can be for a whole host of different reasons. A death, the very sinful nature we wrestle with day in and day out. Despair is that deep feeling, that sunken feeling, that focusing on that. That's what Job was doing today. Job went through a lot. We, of course, know he lost his family, he lost his crops, he lost his kids, he lost everything. And then he finally lost his own body, his own flesh, which was being basically eaten alive by something we, we can't even comprehend. 
to the point where he just laid in dust and scratched his skin with broken shards of pottery. He was in so much pain. And along with that, with everything that he went through in his life, the deaths, the attacks on his body, his soul, it led to the very thing we're talking about today, despair. Even to the point where his sins weighed him down so much, he couldn't see anything else. This is what he said today when he's talking to God. If I sin, you watch me and do not acquit me of my iniquity. If I am guilty, woe to me. If I'm in the right, I cannot lift up my head. For I'm filled with disgrace and look on my affliction. And were my head lifted up, you would hunt me like a lion and again work wonders against me. All Job could see in his life was everything that's gone bad in his life. And all Job could see right in this moment from the passage I just read is everything that's gone wrong in his soul, his sins. That he was getting even to the point of believing and thinking those sins had control over him. He had been sentenced and the sentence was death and the sentence was everlasting condemnation and that is starting right now in his flesh as he's suffering and one day it will slowly end in hell. That's where he was at. That's what Job was going through. And the reason why he was going through that, not a reason, but he kept looking at himself. And that may seem odd to say, he had a death. He lost all of his property. He's losing his body. How could you not look at yourself? Well, you can. He was looking only at himself. His broken body, his broken soul, his lost loves in his life. And that's where his focus was. It was on him. But does God ever want our focus solely on ourselves? That's what we talked about in the catechism. We pray that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false despair. Or sorry, false belief, despair. Another great shame advice. Because the best way to get to a point of despair is when you're just looking at you and you're not looking at God. It, Luther called it the heart Instead of the heart, our human heart being outward toward our neighbors or outward toward God, he said the heart, the human heart can literally curve inward upon itself. And you only care about your desires, your wishes, or in the case of Job or someone who's suffering, you only look at your suffering and what you're going through. And I don't belittle it. We go through a lot in this life. But still, as we go through a lot in this life, do we just look at ourselves? Or do we look at Christ? That's also what was happening in our John passage with uh, Jesus going to the pool of Bethesda. And there was a man who the scriptures say was an invalid. I mean, imagine this. 
for 38 years. And when they say invalid, it is some type of paralysis where he couldn't even move. The, the old wives' tale was that when this pool, when the water and it swirled, angels were swirling the water, and that if you went down in it, you'd be healed. That was the old wives' tale. So you had a bunch of sick and injured people trying to go down at that time. And he was such an invalid, he couldn't drag himself. I can't even imagine that. 38 years, paralyzed completely. 38 years of, you know, if we're paralyzed in a hospital, we have people who care for us, who wash us, who make sure we don't go to the bathroom on ourselves. He didn't have that. Okay. If he was lucky, people threw him some bread to eat. 38 years. And he was trapped in this. His body was his cage. And that's also where his focus was. Until Jesus came. And Jesus healed the man. And not just healed the man, but pointed the man back to himself. And almost... Reminded the man, be careful because there's something worse that can happen to you in life than, than being an invalid. There's eternal hell, so don't sin anymore. Stay on the straight and narrow. Keep your eyes on me. That's what Jesus is saying. Lead us not into temptation. God tempts no one. We pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice. Although we are attacked by these things, we pray that we may finally overcome them and win the victory. And that victory has already been won for you by our Lord Jesus Christ. That victory is not found in here. It's not found in the struggles of our hearts. It's not found in the breaking down of our bodies. Our victory is in Christ, and that is outside of us. And that should be an amazing comfort for all of us, especially when we're going through the horrible things that we go through in life. But may we always be wise and beware of when our sinful nature is turning us inward and just having us look at ourselves and not one another in the church and especially not Christ. Because that's who you've been called to follow, right? Jesus Christ. You have not been called to follow yourself. None of us have. But your sinful nature, the devil and the world, they'll try to have you follow yourself. We have to be wise in that regard. Because look what our Lord has done for us. Such wonderful things. Not only in this life, with the forgiveness of our sins. Not only with the Lord's Supper, he comes and gives to us himself. But he's also promised us, all of us, eternal victory. Everlasting life. And that is such a wonderful gift that we can always turn our focus upon every single day. 
especially when the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature are tempting us to turn inward. We can see and be reminded of what Christ has done and always will. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.